0: Welcome to the Awake Create Inspire Podcast. The inspiration you need to feel body confident from the inside out. If this is your first time here, welcome and thank you for listening. The Awake Create Inspire Podcast is your guide to help you achieve your ideal body. If you like today's episode and want exclusive content, sign up to Aaron's VIP newsletter at erinosman.com and connect on Instagram at Aaron N. osman. Now here is your host, Aaron Osman. Today in this episode, I have a very special guest. It's awesome to have Wooddeman Matthews here with us, an extraordinary man <laughs> who uh, has a bachelor in pharmacy and a postgraduate diploma in Health and services management, diploma in fitness and business. He's a personal trainer, facilitator in leadership with personal and professional performance. He's a former CEO of the Māori Pharmacists Association. He's a father of five children and apparently an above average husband to his wife, Kristen. <laughs> he uh, also, with That's Kristen, funny. have their own uh, family Facebook page called Whole Family Journey. Over 700 followers uh, where they share, I guess, what it's really like to be a family trying to live healthy. Yep. Uh, he's a speaker and they also run the Biggest Improver program. He was uh, recently at the Truth About Cancer conference last year in Texas and has been sharing that information with the public uh, post-conference. So we have him here. Thank you very much for joining me on today's
1: podcast. How are you doing, Widemu? Good, thanks. Thanks, Aaron. That's uh, made me sound like I'm really good. Well, I, I try I to enjoy do best, this. I, try <laughs> to, I try and do the best
0: I can for for uh, guests. Um, but the first thing I wanted to ask and and discuss with today's podcast, you had a seminar that briefly spoke about how thoughts and feelings affect our health and wellness. And in that video, that short video, you were explaining a pattern of how that works. Are you able to just briefly go through that and share with us how our
1: thoughts and feelings affect our health yeah sure so I guess how I got to that point in the first place I briefly cover a little bit about I guess how I got to that point thinking that there was more to it than just um, well first of all medicines it started off with that as a pharmacist thinking that right you're sick you've got some symptoms here's some medicines And so that was all basically symptom management. You never actually get to address the cause. And then the next bit was, I didn't think that was helping very many people. So after getting to the top of the pharmacy game, I guess you can call it, and not really enjoying it, I went into doing something else that I thought would help people change behavior. And that was personal training. So I thought, well, if I can help people change behavior, then maybe they won't have so many symptoms. And so that was the that was the next step there. Sure. The next part after that was realizing that actually even if people did all the exercise and all the nutrition things right, like eat everything organically and all the you know, do everything that you need to do nutrition and exercise wise, didn't always make them healthy. That helped me realize that there's something else that again is another symptom, behavior is a symptom of something else, which was how I get into the beliefs bit. And so I went to study that, that I guess it's a, um, what do you call it? Like an apprenticeship with this guy for about three years, which was all about what they call psychoneuroimmunology. And that, it's a stupid word for how your thoughts and feelings affect your physical symptoms. <laughs> so that's the everyday uh, language of yeah. what that means, okay? Yeah, yeah. So that's what that psychoneuro thing is. How your thoughts and feelings affect your actual physical health and well being. I was interested in that because I was thinking, well, I've been trying all this other stuff. How come it's not helping with my clients? Well, it's helping, you know, some of them, but not all of them. Sure. So that, that tells me that it's not the cause. If it helps some people, but not everyone. Right. Yeah. So that got me into finding out, okay, there's some limiting beliefs that keep us stuck behaving the way we do, getting the results we get. Why do we have those beliefs? Well, there's that whole thing about they're programmed in the first seven years, um, that kind of thing, by your environment, everyone around you, all that. Uh, But then that's where affirmations come in, get people to say positive things 50 times a day and everything will be sweet. That didn't work for everyone either. So that tells me that's not the cause either. (laughs) (laughs) You can say in the mirror as many times as you want that you're happy, healthy, wealthy, whatever you want to say. Yeah. But if you're feeling differently inside, it doesn't actually work. Right. So that's how I got into working more around the emotion. The stuff that holds all of these things in place, the stuff that holds these limiting beliefs there, that holds these behaviours that are not good for us, that keeps giving us the symptoms and results we don't want, is these unresolved un unresolved, yeah, unresolved kind of unexpressed negative emotion. Now, emotion isn't just like um, be emotional. I have to be emotional about it to overcome my disempowering behaviors, but more that the emotions of fear, anger, hurt, shame, guilt are actually at the root cause of us believing and behaving in certain ways, which give us the results that we get.
0: Right. That's interesting. Uh, that seems to be a pattern that I picked up uh, when I was at the gym as well, that there were many people working really hard mm. eating really well yeah and still not getting the results and then as i asked the questions more about what they think and believe in their lifestyle uh, stress seemed to be the number one indicator but it was past experiences yeah that formed a belief that was um, obviously really essentially they're not good enough yeah bottom kind of line, bottom line
1: Yeah. I'm not enough as I am now. I need to be someone else. Yeah. And, yeah.
0: and and then there was something that happened to them that altered their beliefs. And from people that I've spoken to, you know, they may go through divorce or um, infidelity. They might have abuse or some kind or just being teased, bullied. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. And that stress event seemed to trigger uh, a thought pattern that with emotion over time it formed that belief. And that seemed to be the thing to to really focus on
1: changing. Well, those things build up stress. Like so emotion not expressed or not resolved compounds yeah. and then builds up. And then it you could have been having experiences from years ago when your kids growing up, bullying all that kind of stuff, but it's still there in some form. It's it's still there in that it hasn't been resolved fully. Right. And because it's not resolved fully, it's still attracting more of the like feelings. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And so you're gonna keep getting and keep seeing Exactly those same situations and scenarios, again, play out. They say you'll get the opportunity to resolve something every seven years. Right. The exact same situation. Uh, no, not the same. The same feelings will come up in different situations to give you the opportunity to resolve them mm. every seven years.
0: That's interesting. That's interesting. I've never heard of that, uh, that particular uh, piece of information, but that seems to follow uh, a true pattern that I've noticed over the years as well. What what common beliefs have you seen from your clients uh throughout the the journey that seems to come up over and over again? Is in limiting
1: beliefs? Uh, limiting beliefs. Yeah, so um so one of the common disempowering behaviors would be saying yes when you really mean no or the opposite saying no when you really mean yes. Right. All right, so that's really common. Pretty much everyone will have done that at some point. What's the belief behind that? Well, saying yes when I really mean no. What, what do I believe would happen if I actually said no when I wanted to say no? Mm. That person might not like me. They might reject me. That person might get angry at me. That person might dot, dot, dot. Right? All yeah. these are limiting beliefs that may or may not be true. Yeah. But um, that's what we base our next thing on. <laughs> How we behave is based on what I believe, which is, uh, I better not say that because that person might not like me anymore. Right. They might reject me. They might think I'm stupid, weird, dumb, whatever.
0: Mm. It's 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 a real, I mean, I just find it fascinating that uh, having grown up in that kind of environment and not necessarily that's a family environment, it's just the, a neighborhood environment where. We always put each other down, we mock each other, yeah. we create, you know, we take the mickey out of each other, but it still hurts when you put your heart into something and it fails and then people make fun of you, you still
1: carry that. Yeah. Um, so that will be a really common one. Those yeah. kind of, you know, thinking that, believing that people reject you or that you're not accepted because that's a big part, acceptance in a group is a huge part of our underlying kind of driving needs is that we need to fit the need to be connected Yeah. Right? or to feel connected part of a group so anytime potential rejection comes up well, you you obviously want to avoid it (laughs) that's right you don't want to take the risks either because back in the day if you were rejected from the group caveman times you're dead (laughs) not in group equals dead yeah because no no safety no protection so that's we've got the same drivers now safety but it's it's
0: strange well not strange it's saddening how that particular environment then embeds the thought that taking a risk Changing, going, you know, doing something that yeah, into the unknown uh, yeah. now puts a block on you because you yeah. don't want to relive that feeling, even though that could yeah. be years ago. Yeah. You don't, never want to relive it again.
1: Because your brain your brain is all about protecting you from danger. And that's now viewed as danger. So we'll do everything to protect you from it. So that they call that the APET model. Yeah. Which is like that you have some activating stimulus, right? Trigger, whatever it is. P is pattern match. Your brain will pattern match to something similar. or well, it seems like this before, i.e. that line looks like that bear, that kind of thing. So yeah. pattern match. Then the next bit is emotion. You feel what you felt then because you need to either get out of that situation or whatever. And then the T is thought if you have the chance to think. So that's why people act without thinking. They go, oh, I didn't think about it. I just did it. That's yeah. because it's pattern matched to something from before your brain's trying to protect you
0: that that's really useful information for people to understand going on on the weight loss journey, or it doesn't really matter what journey is if they're struggling, you know, they make one step forward, three steps yeah. back. They, they yo-yo, they bungee. Yeah. As, and I can understand how frustrating it is for them to go through every diet that every person's, you know, made a book about yeah. every new and latest. Tried DVD, every diet. Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, gone to every trainer Got all the exercise equipment off every infomercial. Yeah, on, on <laughs> fleet with their uh, uh, active wear.
0: Yeah. Uh, and still gain very little from it because it's not it's not the, the exercise and the nutrition. In fact, it's the belief system that they've created. Yeah. Uh, and that may have stemmed from years ago. That needs to be addressed.
1: And so. it's held in place by these underlying unresolved emotions right. that haven't been resolved.
0: So if you're working with a client... Uh, and I'm assuming that's that's your first portal callers understanding that from yep. them. How would you encourage them or what kind of process do you take them through to resolve it? Yep. Uh, so then they can move forward. What does that look like?
1: So we go through this thing, what we've just explained, so they can see exactly how the physical symptom is related to some kind of underlying unresolved negative emotion, whether that be fear, anger, hurt, guilt, shame, whatever, often there's heaps of them. When they can see that and then realize that actually the symptom you've been getting physically is just a message to you about something else that needs to change. Mm -hmm. Then we can start matching up stuff. Where you get the symptom in your body means different stuff. So you've got all that stuff. Lots of traditional Chinese med has that. Ayurvedic med has that. Chakra stuff. Lots of them have that basis for parts of your body mean different things. Yeah. And so when you get an idea of what it is, you try and work out, okay, what's the situation or circumstance that's linked to the specific physical symptom? When you've got an idea of that, you find out what is the circumstance and then what are the fears? What are the actual underlying feelings that come from that? So if I was working with a client, I'd be saying to them like, okay, if they couldn't think of what the old situation is, that's fine. I'll go through another process to use the symptom to find out what it is, right? once we've got the situation then i go tell me how you feel about it i feel dot 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 so i feel this i feel that and then we'll work out exactly what those feelings are because it's the feelings that we have to deal with the situation is actually irrelevant sure so when i'm working with them you don't have to tell me your story that it doesn't matter what the story is because i know that the story is just another repeat of what happened in last seven years and the right? So it's, right. don't really care what the story is, although you've got to listen to sometimes because it's not good to just say, <laughs> <laughs> I don't care what you're going to say. I, yeah, I'm heartless. Yeah, you've got to actually listen to it as much as they're willing, but it does provide them that level of comfort that they don't have to feel like they have to share everything. Sure. All I need to know is you bring the situation to mind, tell me the feelings I feel, then you go through a specific process to resolve this, which is what you've got to be able to Say them out, speak them with meaning. right? Because as soon as you speak out exactly what you feel, most people don't do this. As soon as you speak out what you actually feel, you've reduced the energy that's attached to that emotion significantly. Mm. Just the fact that you've spoken it out. When you speak it out with meaning, like as in say it in the way that you actually mean it, more of the energy was released. Right. Then you go through the breathing with it. So diaphragmatic breathing is important for lots of things, but it actually is helpful to resolving unwanted negative emotions and that you can breathe out what you don't want. Then the next bit is once you've done that, you've created a bit of a vacuum, a bit of a space that now needs to be, now you can use an affirmation because you, you can fill that in with something good, usually the opposite of what you've just said that right. you feel, right? So, um, And there's lots of different ones. A really generic one that I use just to get some you know, kind of a shotgun approach is Someone might be, I feel angry. Okay, so they go through all that. We'll go through that. Then go through the breathing bit. And then the last bit will be, I feel angry and I'm enough as I am now. Sure. So the affirmation-y bit is, I'm enough feeling angry as I am now, but also I'm enough in who I am now. And do you you
0: see that I'm enough, uh, that particular limiting belief, not I'm enough as a limiting belief but people feeling that they're not enough
1: oh it's huge yeah that's why you use that one because it's so common to most people that you're not going to go wrong with it <laughs> <It's like laughs> most people most of us believe that we're not enough as we are now that we've strive to be something else someone else look like someone else think like someone else do what other people do yeah it's like <laughs> so it's like a really good generic one because you know it's going to be helpful for anyone mm. Lots of people find it hard to say. Yeah, they do. Especially if you have to look
0: in the mirror and yeah. say it with meaning. Yeah. Uh, that that reminds me of my personal journey of making that change of looking myself in the mirror and going through a compassionate, uh, compassionate statement of love. Because yeah. prior to that, it was very low self esteem yeah, yeah. and don't think you know highly of yourself. But then to look at yourself in the mirror. Yeah. I was checking to make sure my wife wasn't around. Yeah, yeah. So that she wouldn't if catch anyone me. Anyone wants to hear me. Oh, I love you. And you're like, are you are like, who are you talking yeah. to? You know, so I don't <laughs> I don't want to feel stupid, but yeah. I realise as part of the healing process of realising that who I am and who I will become, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I don't have to be somebody I'm not. Just yeah, be me and get yeah. on with it, you know. Very interesting. Be me and be grateful for being me.
1: Yeah yeah
0: that's right be grateful and yeah. and realize that you are as you're very valuable every person very valuable as
1: much to contribute and to offer um yeah so that's one of the processes very generic one but it's good for just getting the edge off some some of those stronger ones then there's other ones other processes i take people through clients through that will help them resolve it more which is visualization stuff going through specific things all well, depends on the circumstance, hmm. situation that they're talking about, um, and also like, yeah, resolving some emotional blockages. Visualization is really good. Breathing is really good. Then getting them to do stuff during the week before they come see me <coughs> next, because that process I just talked about is facilitated. So I will do that with them. Sure. Then it's encouraging them to do it at their own time, but also writing stuff down is uh, the pretty powerful way to do it. And then you can I can see by how the writing changes, is how they're progressing. Right. So do you
0: encourage them to make keep a daily journal or just when they f- feel they need to express?
1: Yep, I say just write down when stuff comes. Just write. And sometimes they go, oh, I never feel anything. Then I've got to go, okay, make it. Try every couple of days, write something down. Because some people need the make a time to do it. Because right. they're not going to think, because it's not part of their normal routine. They're not going to think, oh, I'm going to go write something down because I feel differently. Normally after something like that, I would say, just write down what you notice this week that is different. And they go, different to what? (laughs) (laughs) Anything you notice that changes or is different. Mm. And it just, all I'm trying to do is help them become more aware of what they're doing. So it's just an awareness building thing.
0: Yeah, that that makes sense. How? I know it depends on the person, the situation, uh, etc., How long does it take for someone that you've seen that change starts to take place where they start to increase their awareness of things around them, how they feel, uh, even progress in, say, weight reduction or whatever their journey is?
1: Well, we've done some in the Biggest Improver um, Challenge, and so I've done weekly coaching with them, 30 minutes, done one kind of overview of this stuff at the start and then 30 minute kind of one-on-one with them each week and so one example one lady was going to south africa reunion that kind of thing had not seen mates for 15 years of course you're going to freak out because you're like wow even ours looks so good and i don't feel so good and yeah. all that kind of stuff and i need to drop 20 kgs before i go back when you're going back oh in two months hmm. <laughs> so then you talk about how realistic is you know that kind of thing yeah So with her, it was about helping her to feel better about herself, even if she didn't lose 20 kgs. You could lose 20 kgs, um, use an extreme example, we could cut your arms off. Now you've you've dropped 20 kgs, do you feel better? Yeah. So a lot of it was over that, maybe it was three or four weeks, six weeks before that she was adjusting the beliefs and the thoughts resolving some of the past stuff yeah. That actually helped her become more confident in who she was. Right. As she was now. Not not um, what she had visualised herself to be, which is I'm gonna wait twenty minutes. I wanna be like I was twenty years ago. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because that's how they expect to see me. Right? Yeah. After fifteen years. <laughs> but um the experience for her was really good. And then she felt a lot better about going back, excited, looking forward to it, went back and her friends didn't think anything of it but the, her belief before we started was that they're going to think that I'm fat or overweight or that I'm not good enough and yeah. all of those things were coming Isn't that interesting and important that it's it's about how you feel
0: now, not when you get there mm. things, things don't change when you get there It's yeah. you got to be grateful or happy or content or whatever it is
1: now Yeah. So she, she was like Happy before she went back, yeah. By the time we'd gone through it, and yeah, maybe it was six eight weeks or something like that. Mm. She was confident and happier before she went back there. So, of course, when she got there, she was still happy because <laughs> <laughs> it was going to work out fine. And she kept her arms, yeah. And actually, she was one that was trying to talk about getting rid of the scales, and she did. By the time she came back, she wasn't doing it. It was before a five-time-a-day thing, right
0: that's yeah okay
1: yeah yeah that's extreme
0: (laughs) well that's it for this episode thank you so much for joining us today we will have part two of this discussion online next week so stay tuned make sure you don't miss that all right take care this is aaron signing out